Welcome to My Friends in the North with PR and management consultant Sarah Waddington as she interviews some of the leading lights in the north of England about their work, the economy, communications and what makes them tick. Well, hello and welcome to My Friends in the North. And I'm delighted to welcome someone to the show who is a fantastic ambassador for the North and a real driver of change with a network that is second to none. Thanks for joining me, Simone Roach, MBE. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Great to speak to you. Good, thank you. Yes, it's good to speak to you too. And uh, I know we could speak all day, so we're going to try and keep this to 20 minutes. (laughs) We'll power through, we'll power through. So let's start at the beginning. Tell me about Northern Power Women, this initiative that you found and how it came about. So it's Five and, a, five and a half years now, actually, since I launched Northern Power Women. And I think if I sort of te- take a step back before that, I worked around gender equality for around 14 years, I think. I don't know. You stopped counting at some point, fell into it by mistake and, you know, just sort of got involved by attending something and thought, oh, I'm not really sure that this is a, a good way to sort of uh, get gender equality. It was, a, it was a room full of a networking room full of women uh, bitching about other women and men. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not going to help. Um, and that's how I sort of first got in because I thought, actually, there's, there's better conversations we can be having. I think if you're taking people's time and you're bringing people together, then apps for me, it's about what can we do as opposed to, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, fast forward sort of, sort of years on, I've been working um, in London for a sector skills uh, council um, around hospitality, leisure, travel and tourism. And this, this event I'd gone to was all around gender imbalance in the industry. And, And that's where I kind of, I suppose I found my passion for connecting people um a friend and i we set up tedx whitehall women along the way and i think always became about giving people a platform and a stage amplifying voices and so go forward into 2014 there was a big festival for business in liverpool called the international festival for business and i lobbied and said if you're going to do something on this international stage which is about business investment about small businesses about growth i said well i think actually we need to be talking about gender too because it's always been about business and talent for me and so I did an event called Women Inspiring the Economy bizarrely enough it was the first event I'd ever done outside of London even though I lived I live up north um, it was a completely full to capacity event and I had reports on the tables from different sort of uh, professional services organisations and it was like people had never seen them never seen these stats like it didn't apply to them and I think what I tried to do was just bring things to life and enable conversations to happen and ultimately Ultimately, that's that's what Northern Power Women um, sort of was, was a, a legacy of that event, because I thought I can't stop those conversations from happening. I want to keep those conversations, you know, sort of driving change, bringing great people from different stages of their career. So right at the top to people just starting out. And I had a, I had a young woman who put a hand up to one of my speakers, fantastic entrepreneur called Laura Morgan, who went, you know what? actually, I want to come and work for you, Laura, got off the stage, gave her a business card and said, come shadow me. And and she did. And two months later, she set her own business up. And so it was, there was a series of those lovely, perfect storms that happened where people were just feeding back stuff that had happened. So Northern Power Women came from that, really. So not not such a short story, but, you know, it came from, you know, what what actually, what else could we do? And I, I thought, well, I, I really 
I was really focused on the sort of pan-Northern agenda because I knew there were lots of things and campaigns and initiatives and networks across the North. And I thought... But nothing bring it together, right? Yeah. And isn't it funny to think that, considering it's a relatively short amount of time in which you've been going, that actually how much need there was for that? It's actually quite scary when you think five, seven years ago this was really a very big thing that has made a huge amount of change and we'll come on to that. So tell us about how it's grown since you first launched. Yeah, and I think it's grown. I think when, even going back to that first event, people saying, oh gosh, why are you bringing, if you like, competitors together? And I said, <laughs> well, Such a small-minded I... way to think about things, isn't it? Because yeah. we're both big on collaboration. Yeah, I didn't get that. I was like, I don't believe that that is the case you know I, I said I actually think that people will connect and network and um, you know engage whether they're programs or events or whatever with with whomever they're, they're drawn to and I think this was very much a case of going I wanted to signpost what was out there I didn't want anyone ever to say there wasn't anything for them so ultimately it grew by social media um, you know it was me for the first three and a half years or nearly four years on my own uh, or you know and it was all about social media and it shows how social though can be a force for good often it's seen as you know like um, a breeding fest for trolls for where a a lot of negative things happens but actually it can be a, a force for good I believe that. And, it, and, and interesting enough, in, in my world, Northern Power Women started call, being called Ready for Change. And I used the hashtag Northern Power Women. And it was a friend of mine, who we, the, the, the great woman who had set up TEDx Whitehall Women with. She, she said to me, Simone, look at your, your social media. Your hashtag is, is going nuts. And I went, well, I don't want women in the title because I don't want to exclude women or men from the conversation because not all women want think that they want to be part of this gender you know campaign and I went I went oh I'm not sure she went but look look and do you know what the minute I changed the name that's where it became the campaign that's where people kind of grasp hold of it on social media and they're almost like an identity Sarah I don't know but I do think you've done that really well in terms of for that inclusive so easy for me to say the inclusivity message (laughs) I think it was always you've always made it very clear I've certainly taken that message that men were very welcome and in in fact encouraged to get involved so Mm -hmm. I think that's probably part of the reason it has worked so well it's given an identity but also it has been open to all because certainly I've been one of the ones guilty in the past of not joining women only initiatives because they don't often resonate with me and that is where the growth came from by making it very inclusive and by creating I wanted to create this massive hall of role models so all genders all sectors um all and you've all, got an awards right and I've seen men receive the awards you know. Oh yeah, and we do get we get a bit of trolling over that, and uh, and and I'm like, well, but actually, we cannot change this agenda on our own. You know, the, there's the the quotation um, which is, you know, alone we can go fast, but together we can go further. And and I really believe that, you know, our young people, our our men, we need everybody to use their voice. And and I think that's that's how it's grown as well by by making it open. Everyone's welcome. Here, here. You've got a power platform. Can you explain to everybody what that is and how people can get involved, actually? Yeah, that that started at, at one of our um, sort of gatherings over in Newcastle, actually. You know, one we had a, a Newcastle and a Liverpool one within a sort of a space of a, of a week or so. And it's always that thing about, you know, you have these conversations, you're part of these gatherings, no matter how big or small they are. And then you're like, oh my gosh, you need to talk to them. You need to connect with them. You need to, I, I never want to see those those 
those things you know go awry if you like I always want to I don't know whether I'm just interfering or mysterious I'm not quite sure but (laughs) I wanted to join the dots I wanted to join the dots more than than I kind of do sort of just on my own so the power platform was was created to make meaningful connections Mm. so you know I love LinkedIn we all use that LinkedIn platform but it can be so big and unwieldy and this isn't power platform is not designed to be a social network it's designed to be a place for meaningful and purposeful connections so ask for help or offer help everyone can do something for someone else if you've got you know sort of come come and work shadow me for a week you know I really fear for our young people at at the moment and those people who are getting made redundant um, through this you know really challenging time we're in and I I, what I wanted to do was create a terrifyingly digital version of myself and and the Northern Power Women community that would would be generous so it's all built on a set of um, principles about be generous uh, pay it forward and make a difference nothing more simple than that so whether or not you can offer somebody some you know have a chat over a, a virtual coffee. We have a coffee break mentoring on there. Whether or not it's you want to find somebody who's got that skill set in PR or marketing or advertising or or something around big data, go and just try and join the dots a little bit more. So whether or not it's giving back, whether or not it's asking for help, that's what it's designed for. And it's totally free. And it's for me, it's very much around the opportunity. So whether or not the speaking engagements out there, we get connected, uh, uh, contacted by the media all the time. We'll put them on there and then socialize them. It's just, we. it's not just, I hate the word just, it's especially about making things available to all. I absolutely, absolutely love um, what it is you're doing. And um, I love that idea of pay it forward. And I just think um, you're so good about that spirit of generosity piece. And, and I see it when I'm working alongside you all the time. And that's to be commended, which brings me really nicely on to the next question, which is that you received an MBA for your work in your area, which was really well deserved. And, and congratulations again. I know it's been a little while now, but uh, it's worth um, mentioning because it's, it's so important um how did it feel and and uh, what was it like oh awesome um scary imposter syndrome all those kind of things that come into play proud actually proud proud and then even more proud I, I couldn't believe it when I, I saw the envelope and you open it and you think it's a tax return or something nasty and then you realize it's something wonderful the hardest thing was keeping the secret you know, I didn't even tell my husband for, you know, several weeks, but yeah, just wonderful. And and I felt like it, without being cheesy, it's for, it is, you know, I'm really proud of what I've done and what I've created, but I felt like it was a real something for our Northern Power Women community. I really felt that it was, you know, I've got it and it's there and I look at it and I am, and I'm proud, but I, yeah, I'm proud it's because for what, what we've done up here. Yeah, you've achieved a lot. You're working with female leaders uh, across regions in the north. I, I find this really fascinating because, again, I've seen your work over the, over the years now. And what I am always inspired by is how you manage to draw people together. And I just think it, I know from other collaborative pieces of work I've done, often it can be like herding cats. Now, all these regions and all the ladies that you're dealing with, uh, these female leaders have different needs. How do you how do you do that? How do you manage it? Is it common themes that bind people and places together? How, how do you approach it? Uh, to be honest, interesting enough, this has just happened over over this lockdown period. We started doing these virtual uh, online gatherings. I was really mindful of 
particularly, I was mindful of everyone actually, but initially I was very concerned about uh, women at senior level making these decisions in isolation. And I brought together six groups. So um, Tees Valley, uh, Newcastle, Liverpool, Manchester, Lancashire, Cumbria and Yorkshire, six separate um, conversations. And we did four rounds of them. So 24 of them in in a short, short period uh, space of time. And the agenda was very much, a, it was a bit of a check-in, you know, because it's a real importance of checking. And I was mindful that these women and influencers were used to being the nurturers and used to, and losing that and taking that out of their world, I thought was like taking oxygen out of it. And I was really bothered about that. So I wanted to check in, but I also wanted to see what we could do, that whole we can approach again. And what I loved was different approaches from different regions and different groups of people. So whether one region we're talking about investment in women, um, investment in the Black Asian minority ethnic communities, another region we're talking about how are we absolutely going to change the rules, another region talking about actually I'm fed up now and we need to just take the bull by the horns and crack on with something. So, re- so everything, and I think for, you know, if you took it a really short period of time, you know, our sessions, for me, it was absolutely just about trying to listen and hear and then see if you could pull a theme and then crack on with it. So rather than trying to make talking shops, trying oh, to... Some specifics. Yeah, yeah. So that is... And, and sometimes it's not obvious. And sometimes, actually, it's it can be about, you know what, just being there as a peer group. But I, I think it's, for me, it was important that every region or actually every group, when I did the same with younger women, our futurists, just everything's got to be different. It can't, I don't like cookie cutter anything. Yeah. I like things to be specific for the, the time and space that you're in. And I think it's a bit like roll the dice and, and, and listen and hear. Yeah. what comes back and then do actually more importantly <laughs> well that's it so that's the bit isn't it getting to the doing but you, you do have to go through that prep work first if you had to pick your own role model who would it be why oh, well as you can imagine there's 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 like millions and millions and I, I think I'm blessed that every day I'm having a conversation with a role model you know yourself today Sam Walker who produces our podcast that every Thursday night <laughs> you know we have we have a conversation and I, it's become really quite you're mindful over this period um wonderful woman called Ruth Shaw who we set up TEDx Whitehall Women together many years ago and it started with a conversation about well I'm on the board of women in football you're running this thing called Women First which I was at the time down in London what what could we do we met 45 minutes later as you know no longer strangers and suddenly partners in crime and um yeah I see her as a, an amazing role model because she's so generous of spirit and so kind when I ask her for support or when I ask her for an idea or I run something crazy past her she gives me honesty um and or you know so I I, there's so many you know uh, my nana you know Michelle Obama you know so many but you know if if asking me today I yeah Ruth Shaw uh amazing amazing woman uh general manager of the Premier League Charitable Foundation but prior to that was a sort of a, a um a career civil servant if you like foreign office DCMS stuff like that but she's phenomenal amazing I'll have to look her out um Okay, let's get on to some real nitty gritty stuff, because I know that this week you've launched a levelling up report. Tell us about it. What are you hoping to achieve with this? 
Well, it, it, it came from these conversations we started having over COVID. And we it was a really interesting period, wasn't it? You know, we, we go into lockdown. We were due to have our um, our fifth awards on the 16th of March. And we had to postpone four days prior, which was very, you know, there's a lot, lot going on, isn't it? You know, this was going to be the largest event celebrating gender equality in Europe. And I was really mindful entering this period about time and you know what we could is that whole we can I, i'll keep referring back to we can we can so the leveling up report came from sort of 25 conversations over covid so four rounds of these power circles um we also created a race equality allies power circle as well and we've taken a series of themes and as I say we always like to concentrate on what we can do rather than thinking about what is difficult so we we're basically looking about how are we leveling up we're leveling up but also we also try to hide like what what has been done so we've not gone here's all the problems we've kind of gone this is this is some great examples of stuff that is happening out there so the the asks are quite simple which are about invite us to the table there's lots of there's lots of conversations going on at different tables all over the country and I think it's really important that we have balanced representation at these tables and equally make sure that we're investing in our future talent we need to hear from our young people young people and women are most disadvantaged uh, have been most disadvantaged by by COVID-19 uh, and investing in us you know as directors of businesses you know don't we're, we're leading businesses but we need um we need support, whether it's investment, whether it's child girl, whether it's the ability to work more flexibly. We just want that support. You know, childcare, for example, is is not a, a nice to have. Um, sure. and it's, you know, and it's, so it's sad to say that we seem to have a government at the moment who have very different lives to the majority of us and don't understand how not having uh, childcare or being able to afford childcare impacts um, female productivity and what they're able to do in the workplace. Absolutely. And I think this is this is we're trying to be really practical. I was invited into number 10 to speak to meet one to one with a special advisor back in um, in January. And and then obviously that conversation has now stalled, which is, you know, and we're like, going, you know, listen to us. We have amazing businesses, amazing leaders, amazing, amazing influences. So please, you know, get us as part of those conversations. So and I'm delighted that Roger Marshall be who's chair of the NP 11, the, 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 the laps. He's behind us Andy Burnham speaking at our launch event uh, the Metro Mayors as well get all getting your, the other Metro Mayors getting involved as well um, as well as business leaders as well so it's 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 great that we haven't even launched it yet and we we're already getting that support but it's this is just the start this this report is not going to change things overnight but it's it's about you know, there's a worry, isn't there? You know, sometimes I think we seesaw, seesaw between really great, my gosh, this is the time to change, into, oh my gosh, we're going back to 1950s Britain. We can't do that. And we cannot, I think one of the big conversations that came through the, this whole period was, we do not want to build back better. We want to build forward better. It's all about looking forward because the new norm, you know, the, it's not going back to normal clearly now as we we head into a, a challenging you know potentially challenging winter now more than ever we need to invite us to your table invest in us and invest in our future talent I think building forward um, better is, is a really nice distinction actually and where can people get the leveling up report 
It's on our northernpowerwomen.com website. You'll be able to click on a link there and you'll be able to download it from there. Fantastic. We're nearly up to time. I can't believe it. I could speak to you all day. But I do want to come on to houseboat life um, because one of the (laughs) other things we have in common, apart from our drive for gender equality, is um, the fact that we both have a houseboat. You're in Liverpool Docks. I was in London. But what attracted you to that way of life? Well, you know what? It was one of those ideas. Uh, we were on a sailing holiday in Greece, drinking really bad Greek wine. <laughs> uh, my husband's job was uh, under under threat. You know, uh, it was the first tranche of government cuts when he worked for the local authority. And uh, we were like, oh, what are we going to do? It's putting a dampener on your, your kind of spirit. And you're like, oh, we'll live on a boat. That's what we'll do. And then you, you come home and you realise that's probably not what you want to do and all this kind of stuff. And then we looked at houses and flats to downsize, to take some, you know, to de-risk our lives, if you like. And then in the end, we went, you know what, actually what about the boat life we looked around couldn't find anything that we wanted uh researched it didn't tell anybody because people don't like it when you make crazy ideas you, you know and we wanted to make our decisions with all the facts and so for six months we told no one we researched we found out rob's job uh was safe but we decided to do it anyway and couldn't find what we want so we built one so we built our fabulous lady isabella named after my glorious uh, grandmother and yeah we have a, a two bedroom two bathroom um houseboat with a, a roof deck and she's beautiful and i love her and, and i love i think i have to i love being close to the water we don't move her anywhere particularly she's a big lass you know but she's our floating apartment and i, I love it sounds perfect absolutely perfect well let's finish on an optimistic note what makes you hopeful for the future Oh, uh, you know, people like you, our Northern Power Women community, I think 100% make me optimistic. Our young people, it is challenging times right now, but I still hear optimism. I'm also really excited about the amount of uh, businesses being generated by female entrepreneurs who who have been ex-corporate life who don't want to do that anymore. So I think if we get our asks about, you know, getting part of the conversation, invest in us and, you know, then I'm, I'm hopeful. So look after our future talent, invest in our entrepreneurs and, you know, what we can build a new future and we absolutely can build forward better together oh you always make me feel excited you do you do and I appreciate that Simone thanks for such a great interview and talking to us about your leveling up report your campaigning and your home life now if you'd like to keep up to date with what Simone's up to you can follow both at Simone Roche and at Northern Power oh sorry North Power Woman on Twitter well that's just done for today but if you of a client would like to be involved in my friends in the north do drop me a line at sarah at astute.work but bye for now and see you next time thank you for listening to my friends in the north with sarah waddington you can find sarah on twitter at mrs underscore wads or get involved with the podcast by emailing sarah at astute.work see you next time (laughs) 